0: Let's go. but like is it okay if i record by yeah sure sure okay so so yeah you were just you were talking about the social relations of
1: um, no uh just that i've always had a real interest in the social relations that underlie um, not just the creation of knowledge, but that underlie creativity. Yeah. You know, and, and that's actually why I even got into doing anthropology the way I do it. Um, it's, you know, I mean, if you just my biography, just if you once you know my biography, you kind of see how it's kind of a natural fit that I'd be doing anthropology having to do with comics. And comics is actually a perfect realm to deal with with those bigger issues. Um, And so, yeah, yeah. When we were talking earlier, it just made me, it just dawned on me, like, like I had this, this flashback to when I first, when I, you know, back when I was in grad school and that like to them, or not to them, to me at that time, it was like all these social relations are, were in the present. Right. And now I have memories of social relations. Mm-hmm. I have memories of projects. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: uh. <laughs> and that that's, that's kind of daunting and scary
0: <laughs> for sure for sure and
1: um
0: i guess you said that that's really interesting to me um as i'll i'll put on my podcaster hat or my my because i taught journalism for a while too so i'll put on my journalism hat um but it's interesting to me that you said that comics and anthropology was a uh a perfect fit, can you like? Can you say more about that? Because that's really, I think that that's fascinating to me, and I like. I would love to know more about how how you kind of think about anthropology and comics being a being in concert with each other.
1: Well, it's interesting because it's not just anthropology. Sure. I mean, um, I mean, I was a lover. You know, I was kind a lover of comics since as long as I can remember. Um, right. Really. I, You know, I learned to read to spite my mother because she wouldn't read my comics on demand to me. Um, I love that. (laughs) It it was, it was, yeah, it was. To me, it was, it was pure spite. It was like spite, revenge, and it didn't dawn on me until like many, many decades later that she was, she was snickering downstairs as I was locking myself in the room, paging through the dictionary. I'm gonna show her. And I, I showed her all right and she I'll show you,
0: I'm gonna be I'm gonna be ridiculously illiterate.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh no.
0: Oh oh no
1: <laughs> And then of course eventually I follow I followed suit, suit as being uh you know, when you know as my daughter was growing up and she would um you know, she would be she would be sneaking um flashlights into to read, right? And she, she never, she never asked how it is that those flashlights never ran out of batteries. <laughs> so, like, it's a miracle. My, it's a miracle. <laughs> my biggest problem is that you want to read. <laughs> no, let's I, go with it. And,
0: and I, I, yeah, I feel that I got two little ones and they're right at that, lit- that, that literacy, that emergent literacy. And, and they're like, uh, my, my kid just today was like, Dad what do you want for father's day? And I was like, uh, I don't know, buddy. And he goes, I bet you would like to read comics all day. You know what? I'd be willing to do that with you, like, <laughs> like all day, just sit down with you. I'm here for you. If you want to read comics all day, I'll read comics with you all day. That's what you want for Father's Day. So it's, yep, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's this really beautiful thing. And, and um, you know, I just think it's, I think it's, it's so fascinating to hear that it's. I, I guess my question would be how did your love of your lifelong love again, it, inspired by inspired by spite. Um, <laughs> how did that lifelong love then translate? Like why?
1: Cause well, some, it, it some, was, folks, like,
0: some folks drop off and they come back like I did. Um, and then some folks it's just, this, it's a continuation. So like, how, how did you pick I, up? Oh, how, did you keep never comics? how did you bring, how did you bring that into your, 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 your work? I
1: never dropped off. I mean, I also grew up in a family where we moved about every three and a half years. Um, I have a sister who, um, we are like, we're like 59 days apart and we're, um, and we're raised as twins. Um, and we were the only black family in all of these places that we moved to. And my, mm-hmm. we tend to move into the suburbs of major hubs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, you know, you know, the Chicago area, we are in Wheaton, Illinois. You don't get much redder than that. Um, You know, we were in Blue Ash, Ohio, which taught me that, um, which I learned a lot about, about classism and racism there. And so what that meant was, was, you know, there was, the home was like, was truly a refuge in in an environment that, that was, shall we say, not supportive. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. And these heroic narratives had, had like this heightened meaning in that context um and even if and then you combine that with all the moving where you're making new friends all the time it's like comics were a constant right Mm -hmm. every place we moved there was a comic shop i could a a comic shop i could go to or a bookstore Mm -hmm. or you know i mean i i i you know so so that was something that i could do whether i had a whole bunch of friends or not right right um and even even in in high school when i became more popular I, i ended up being really good at sports and I was varsity like my freshman year, but it was like, I was, you know, I still was more, you know, I wasn't in the, I wasn't in the sports that trended black. I was in cross country wrestling and track, you know. Um, right. so, so I was, right. I was in the back of the bus, like reading comics. Um, I was also interested in making comics. So, um, I was always, you know, I was always drawing. Um, and then, eventually i ended up going to college because well in my family you go to college or you don't get to sit at the grown up table and so <laughs> <laughs> so um i ended up at you know and and also throughout this i was very much aware of the fact that i was excluded in these comics mm. right mm. um i was very much aware of the absences and the few presences and i was very critical of those presences we could talk a little more about that later um you know, um, and then I found myself at, at Oberlin College, and I was like, okay, um, what should I take as classes? And I was looking <laughs> through these things, and you know, it's like I just started taking classes and things that I'd either never heard of before or never thought of before. And that's, um, aw- that's awesome. You that's know, because awesome. I, well, because what it is, I actually went to a small school in Colorado for the first year and then transferred to Oberlin, mm-hmm. so I kind of had this this realization that, like, if you just take the stuff you already know, it's not, you know what I mean, it's just, I, I, I wanted to try something new, <sighs> and so there were these classes that I did very poorly in, like, everything except for archaeology, and um
0: <laughs> <laughs> there were classes I did poorly in like
1: everything. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but archaeology. Okay, sorry. That's, that's, that's still lying. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> and so and I had this wonderful archaeology teacher, Linda Grimm, and um you know, I, I actually did okay in some of my other courses, but I mean archaeology I just I just right. took to. Right. And part of it because she was very flexible in terms of what we did. I remember doing um like 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 Doing like these, like do it like she saw me do illustration work connected with one of the projects. Oh, that's. Awesome. And she pulled me aside and she's like, "Hey, we're doing, we're starting the archaeological studies major, and we're doing our first archaeological field stud, field school. Why don't you come?" And I was like, "I was like, I was like, ah, yeah, that sounds cool, but, but you know, I don't think I have what it takes to be an archaeologist And she's like, "Why?" I said, "I can't imagine having to sit." Day after day, in a four by four cube, digging with a toothbrush, that does not sound like fun to me <laughs> <laughs> and she had the she didn't even skip a beat right she's like, "Oh, I know you'd hate it <laughs> Wait <laughs> and then she's like she's like she's like, but you do the but but there's a couple of things that archaeo that almost everybody in the field of archaeology hates doing. They hate doing survey work. They hate having to like right. walk around and explore things. Right. They want to sit in that that four by four cube and none of them can draw worth a shit. <laughs> <laughs> so so she brought me in to this new major and and had me focus it focus on being a map maker and site illustrator. Uh, <laughs> so, wow. So That's I a- did that. And I was, um, you know, and I, I bounced around, and I was in Portland, Oregon. And while I was there, I ended up doing – I had a weekly comic strip retelling folk tale, African folktales. Um, oh, that's, that's, so, that's amazing. And I met up with, this, with, with, um, with uh, Dr. Kofi Agorsa over at Portland State University. He was part of the Maroon Heritage Research Project. And he brought me in as his map maker and site illustrator. I had just taken this maroon maroon history course on a lark, and um, and he found out that he found out that I had training as a map maker and site illustrator. He was like, "We don't got any of those, and next everybody time, wants I'll, to just sit in this hole with a toothbrush." <laughs> exactly. And and he actually came up with money for me to do it. <laughs> and so as that was happening, I. Um, I was still in touch with Linda and, um, and Linda, Linda, Linda was really funny. And, and one of my other advisors um, is the
0: best teacher appreciation podcast, like week.
1: (laughs) My other archeology span advisor was a geologist and he was from a family of geologists. And, um, and, and, you know, I mean, it was like, it was like, it was an intense family. So intense where it's like (laughs) his older brother, um, decided not to go into geology and went to and went to the arts and um, and he was um, you know rift in the family that kind of stuff and so when I graduated from college I remember going up to um, to Bruce and Linda and mm-hmm. saying thank you for helping me get out in four years I'm never opening another book again I'm going to become a cartoonist <laughs> <laughs> at which point Bruce gave me the um, gave me a piece of paper with his brother's phone number on it walter simonson and um <laughs> all right good show everybody that's a twi- <laughs> what and so and so yeah and and you know this is this is back before everyone had cell phones so i remember going back to like the student life center and like hijacking a phone to call walter simonson did, I was and gonna say,
0: did you that, just run right to the phone? You're like, excuse me, like in your cap and gown. <laughs> <was> so, like,
1: <laughs> so I met. So, so, so I knew I was gonna be in New York that that next summer, right? And so I made an arrangement to meet with with Walter. Mm-hmm. And I met Louise. We really hit it off. Walter took me out for my first ever taste of Thai food in my life, and he we went to Forbidden Planet. And the hilarious part was was we were in the Marvel offices, and he, and, and he was like, "Oh, I got to go on this editorial meeting. Here, let me let me um, let me put you in this office. Here, you can sit with my friend Chris Claremont." <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hang on, got to go to a quick editorial meeting. Would you like to meet a legend? <laughs> yeah, it was just like,
1: I was like, uh, I remember just looking at him, being like. Ah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so, um, <laughs> so that was swirling around. And so, whenever I go back to New York, I would visit the Simonsons. And this, you know, one is from Portland. Um, I was doing this weekly comic strip, um, and and then I was getting ready to do this archaeological dig. But I was planning on going going back to New York for a visit. So um, Linda saw the comic strips I was creating and, and I was basically stealing the stories from folklorists and anthropologists who collected stuff. And, and, um, and this actually becomes important is that, um, when I originally proposed doing folktales from around the world and it got rejected, um, by the first, by, by, um, this one newspaper, The newspaper that David Walker was working at, although David Walker I never met when we were both in (laughs) Portland, although him and I are friends now, right? And so it got rejected because it it was more, she's like, well, this seems like something for more of a niche audience. And I was like, but it's the world. <laughs> and they're like... The world seems to be more of a niche audience. Uh, yeah. I, uh, you know, and so... You're
0: I got an intergalactic uh, paper. All right. Fair yeah. enough.
1: <laughs> and so then, <laughs> so, so then I took it over to um, The Scanner, which is a black newspaper that also had an edition in Seattle. And the publisher looks at me and is like, this is a quote, looks interesting, but we'll just take the black ones. And so I was like... Okay, And, um, <laughs> and so and, and it was actually wonderful to work with them. And it was sure, just, it was just sure. a funny quote, but it made right. sense because they're a black newspaper. And then, but then it, it came down from the, the publisher and the editor-in-chief that, um, that they wanted me to get rid of the last panel, which was always going to be a graphic of, of, uh, of the world showing the exact region where the story came from. So it would have context. That makes oh my, that makes so much sense. And they wanted it, and I also, I also had specific context, but they wanted me to establish a generalized African context, right? Like okay, so I start doing this thing, and I go off to New York. um, Oh, before I go off to New York, I'm talking to Linda. Linda's like, well, since you're stealing this stuff from anthropologists, you have to go meet some anthropologists. And she like nagged me. <laughs> like she like left messages on my phone. These are the best. And,
0: these the best so, mentors. Shouts out, man! This
1: is uh, and amazing. So I end up sort of in New York, and, and you know, I I, I visit I visit Walton Louise. I visit some um some some friends of mine from Overland, and um and I make cold calls to um to the Department of Anthropology at Columbia University, New York University Temple, and um and I I just remember sh- well, I showed up at Columbia mm-hmm. and um it was funny cuz I, I called like the um the person the administrator who I who I called forwarded over to Michael Tausig. Um and you know, Michael Tausig's <laughs> kind of known. Yeah, and yeah. I remember showing but I didn't really know who he was cuz you know what? I was, I was like, I love, I love how you're I, stumbling. This, this is just like stumbling into these offices. This is amazing. <laughs> but, so I was, but the thing is, what, what I realized, what I realized very shortly afterwards was that I actually had this huge advantage at this time because I wasn't acting like an academic. I was acting like somebody who was just interested, and so I showed up at Michael Towson's office with these cartoons, and I was like, you know. You know, and, and I was, you know, and my background was, prime. I had double major in archaeology and anthropology, uh-huh. but I only picked up the anthropology degree by default because I had taken a lot of archaeology courses and Linda made me take the, the two extra courses I needed to get the second major. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm there, I'm talking to Mick and we're talking in his office and then he has to go to like a, he has to go to a dental appointment. And so we start walking and talking. And then we're talking in the subway, and we're talking all the way to the point that he walks awesome. in to go to the dentist. And before he goes to the dentist, he's like, like this whole time we're talking about comics, the possibilities for comics, right? What could you do with comics? What could they mean? And you know, this is the time when when um, this is the time when um, when postmodernism anthropology is really big, and these are the questions are being asked. And you know, before he went, he's like, he's like, you know what? He's like, you know what, Mike. You should you should apply here, and I was like, okay, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, just over this way. Yeah, right. I, so I I got back. I had two weeks to ta- I, I had two weeks to take the GREs, <laughs> um, which now I just that story just got really well stressful. <laughs> and, but and I didn't get in the PhD program, but but. But Mick was like, "You still want to come here?" And I was like, "Yeah, this sounds interesting." Because I realized that, like, there was a shelf life to this comic strip. There, are, you know what I mean? Like, the, yeah. the, it was yeah. so constrained. Yeah. And so he was like, "So, so he got he got me into the master's program, you know, and I, you know, I go there and then try and transfer into PhD program. So I get there, I'm in the ma- and, and I get into the master's program, and so I put the comic strip on hiatus." Um, I guess technically it's still on hiatus decades later, but, <laughs> but that's that's where it's at. And then... I, it's like um, Doctor Who. It's, yeah. It's like, we didn't stop. We just took a big break. And then I, I, I remember taking a class with him, and we had this, um, and we we're having, you know, he would have every, he had this thing in every class where what he would do is, um, he wouldn't start the lecture until... A group of students had summarized all the readings to the class, nice. and so and so. I remember there was. He was like, he was like, ah, we're gonna have a change here uh, next week. We're gonna have someone else come in. She's a friend. She's got a. She's got a, a book that recently came out. It's really dynamite stuff. And um, but we need someone. Someone's gonna have to read the book by next week and summarize it for the class. And, um, and, um, you know, because, but, but, but we got to make sure you do a good job because she's coming to the class. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, everybody was just dead quiet. Right. <laughs> and I was like, and I, and I was like, uh, this, 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 I was like, you know, I have silent uh, you know, I'm one of the <laughs> people who bore the silence. I was like, I was like, um, uh, how, how, uh. How, how how what's involved here? How how long is this book? He's like Ah just a hundred and something pages. Big type, mate, big type. You'll be fine. And I was like
0: Don't <laughs> worry, <laughs> it's a large it's a large large print.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the next week I ended up um presenting The Alchemy of Race of Race and Rights by Patricia Williams for Patricia Williams. And um and I was like, I was like, I, I mean, I was just like, I didn't even know what to think when I was doing this, right? What? I did this presentation and and I latched onto the metaphors and afterwards I just was like, I was convinced I did a really bad job. She had to leave a little bit early from the class. <laughs> yeah, and you I thought it was perfectly. you? <laughs> I was like, is that me? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you know, and so I was like, so I was like, ah, what do I do? And so... I walked over to her office. <laughs> <laughs> You're a maniac and I love it. And I was like, I was, and I walked over and, 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 you know, and I asked, you know, cause she had posted office hours yeah. and yeah. she's like, Oh, it's good to see you. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I just want to talk to you about, about my presentation of, of your, um, of your book. I, I wasn't sure if I got it right. She said, Oh no, it was amazing. Tell me more about what you do. And I showed, and I had my comp- some on my comments with me and um and i showed it to her and she was just like and she became my advisor she was she ended up being my my advisor for my master's and um and then i, end, I ended up leaving columbia for rice for the phd mm-hmm. and it was like it was all based on my comic projects they saw the comic projects george marcus julie taylor Stephen tyler they they saw it they're like they they extent they're like you have to come out if you ever have a chance to come out to rice come on out so I arranged a layover in Houston on my way back to see my parents because they had moved to California. So I went to New York, Houston, met with them, and George was like, you should really apply to our program. And I was like, I was like okay. And so I applied to that, and, and um, I had applied to several other programs. And um, Rice was my first choice, and so um, I, you know, the the whatchamacallit, the, the 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 winter went by, spring happened. Nice. Um it was just at a time when Columbia's department was really dysfunctional, a lot of people were leaving. Um and um and it, and I I remember it was it was a day when I had decided I was gonna um I was gonna walk down to the comic shop. Like down to Forbidden Planet. <laughs> in, <laughs> from the, Columbia. In, the, in the snow? And so I walked down, <laughs> I picked up my comments, just and then I, and I'm walking back up, and it rained really
0: bad. Okay.
1: Oh no! <laughs> I come in, I come back home, I'm soaking wet. I get my you know my my top wet layer off, throw it in the corner, and I get in the bed. And I took my shoe and like because my answering machine was blinking, I just threw my shoe at the answering machine. It was one of those days. It hit yeah. the and 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 all of a sudden it, I hear these messages right. Yeah, and I have this message. I'm like, ah, that, that, that can't be true. <laughs> get up! I go get my roommate, um, and I'm listening. I'm like, listen to the message. He's like, he's like, I'm like, what do you? I'm like, God, what do you hear? Um and, and um, this is like one of my. This is like actually like just on the heels of my worst days at Columbia, and um, and it's this familiar sounding voice. <laughs> it's George Marcus. He's like, he's like, oh. I'm just calling you in advance. You'll be getting a letter saying you've been accepted in our program. I wanted to fill you out about like whether you're interested in coming, and um, you know, and if you had any extra information you want to ask for, because at the time, the way Rice was set up is they would let four to five um, PhD students in a year and fully fund them. Mm. You know, I mean, and right. So their tenured faculty outnumbered the gr- the, the, the the graduate class. Like it was real individualized learning, right? Yeah. And so, um, and so, and so, Todd was like, "You're in." And like, there was a professor at Columbia who had just given me a really hard time, and it was all a lot of his politics. And this professor really admired George Marcus. He's like, and, and he, it was no loss on on this other on on Todd, and and it was just like that's how I, you know, I, I called him back, and I was just like, I was, you know, I called back George, and and George's like, well. You know, I, he started to, to tell me a little bit about the part. And I'm like, I'm like, I, I'm like, sir, I have a question. And he's like, he's like, what? I said, um, where do I sign?
0: <laughs> he's like, he's
1: like, what? I'm like, I'm like, well, what do I, I'm assuming I have to sign something to say yes. Is so where a- do I, he's like, well, I'm sure you have, I know you have other applications out there. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> maybe we have a bad
0: connection. Uh, where do I sign? I was like, I, know, I, I was like,
1: I was like, sir, rice is my first choice, and you've gotten back to me first. If it doesn't matter what these other places say, and I don't want to be the dick who negotiates over something he doesn't care about, where do I sign? I think maybe,
0: maybe you're not hearing me here. Uh, you're it. I choose you.
1: <laughs> I mean, this I, is working out easily. All these other encounters, I had learned that when someone when someone expresses that they like you and you like them, you acknowledge it and you just go.
0: it's so interesting because, like, it rare. I, I think part of that for me is is that it works out. Like, it's nice when things work out that easily, right? When it's like you, yeah, you sure. Ta da! No haggling, no politics.
1: Like, well, it Let's sounds good. But the journey to get up there was hard. And oh, for I, sure, for sure. And one thing that was interesting in all of this is I still every I still over the summers was working as part of the Maroon Heritage Research Project, mm. tracking settlement patterns throughout the Caribbean and into South, and into Suriname and South America. And so, which is a weird choice because. Anthropology and archaeology don't always get along, and so it was seen as like me kind of going away from my tribe sure. over the summers. And you know, but what's important and kind of back to your original question about how I bring all this stuff together is that um, you know, when I started up at Columbia, I had an encounter with a professor um, and and she said something really interesting and annoying at the same time. <laughs> um, she looked at my comic strip and she said, "Oh. Wow, that's interesting." And and she and you know, and she was she 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 was not from America, so she and she had a very different perspective. She's like, "Oh wow." She's like, "That's a very pan-africanist perspective that you have there. Very afrocentric." And I was like, "Uh you know, essentially, I was like, "I'm sympathetic to the cause, but that's not that's that's not the intent." She said, like, "Well, no. Look, you have this generalized Africa look. You know, there, there's really not a context of where the story comes from, and Africa is really collapsing on itself." And she started to get critical, and I was like, "I was like, yeah, but." The original idea was to do folktales from around the world. Right. And then this guy said, we'll just take the black ones. Right. And then they said, you can't have that last, that, that last panel. And thing, you have the to thing have thing that you said, right. The thing that so, you said, they made me, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I was like, and, and then she started saying, I was like, I was happy to do it. I did not, you know, because right. she started to imply that, oh, so you sold out. And I was like, I didn't sell out. I bought in. Mm. I knew I knew what the rules were. I knew mm. what I was going to produce. I created mm. something that still satisfied my original urges in creating it, which was to tell stories that people weren't hearing. Right. Really simple. And 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 because these stories are connected not just to um, not just to like child wonder, but it's also about like these dynamics in terms of how we frame and how we see the world. It's also our story. It's the recognition of our stories. That often comes with the recognition of our humanity and that we have yes. wisdom to impart. And I am like, that's why I did it. And she she wanted to talk about Pan Africanism and Afrocentrism. <laughs> and, right. and, I was like, and, and, and Both and, important conversations, but not the the Yeah. And not she, the same conversation. Right. Exactly. And so that's when, that was like the real aha moment where I was like, where I was like, okay, so these people who are doing media studies and especially anthropologists who do media studies, they're really doing content analysis, mm. right? And right. here we right. are in anthropology um, where we have this wonderful thing called participant observation. Like, like we don't just go to the village we participate in the ritual, you know? And I said, and I was like, I was like, so why are we looking at the, why are we just looking at the outcomes and looking at the content when we could be, we could be asking questions about how was this made? What were mm. you thinking? And, and as I was saying that, I was thinking to myself, and we can look at this comic book and we can ask, And this is when I was channeling straight up archaeology. What type of paper is this made of? What type of ink? Why do they use this ink? Why do they have this many pages? Why do is it why is it only appearing in comic book shops? Why do the why do the drugstores use spinner racks? Like it's all there. And that's when archaeology, anthropology, my interest in comics all merged.
0: My look. <laughs> it's a, it's almost this anthropology, archaeology of of self. Like, you know what I mean? Like not 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 you individually, but but what it can tell what like what the expressions are of a particular culture in a particular space at a particular time, using a particular medium, you know, and these are all choices and they're they're expressions and they're all it's all this cultural interchange right and, and right. interaction and and um and it makes that makes all the sense in in the world to me because comics are and it's so interesting and uh, thinking back to what you were talking about comics being a constant but comics being uh a cultural a cultural medium but 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 also a social medium like right. I, I remember thinking I remember when I was younger, I mean, like, super younger, before the Bags and Boards days, but, you know, just trading comics with folks. It's like, oh, did you read this? You know, did you read this? Oh, have you seen this? Oh, have you seen... Right? And that, to me, is a really... Like, that's a rich space. Right.
1: Right? It is, but what's interesting is, even to this day, studies of production horribly lag studies of audience and studies Mm. of content Mm. when it comes to comics.
0: Yes. Like, how? How so? In terms of like, um, and
1: just sheer number. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's just start with the numbers, right? Right. No, that's and yeah. I'm not, sure. The irony is, I'm not a quantoid, but <laughs> sometimes I have to become one. That's how bad it is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't want I told you, I don't want to be in a box with a toothbrush. <laughs> but sometimes you got to get in there and count. <laughs> yeah, because
1: some motherfuckers can't think any other way. Boom. <laughs> um but uh y- y- but you know that's but to me that's what that's what's what what has always been an interesting driving force for me in all of this is that um Is that what makes comic what 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 made and what still makes comics a rich space for that?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Is that it's a it's a medium that has the potential to be a mass medium was a mass medium it's now more of a niche medium but ultimately in comparison to the other media forms it's got group it's got all the aspects of group production but the group is small you can actually start tracking you can. You can have success as a stalker, go, right? Go, you can yeah. start tracking people down, you know, and um, and I remember really early on, like the numbers, numbers get really interesting. Cause like, you know, sure. seven members on the creative team, but then you start asking all the questions you hit like around 20 something people on that particular comic. Still that's something you can get your hands around right. and you can, you can actually start to think things through. Right. Um, and so that's, to me that's what was interesting and at the same time I've always been doing these weird like art projects and stuff on the side as well um, and the nice thing about being at Rice was they set up my funding so that I could continue to work as an artist while I was Ugh. working on the PhD you know I mean because they were like this is this is kind of like field work and, and one of the, two of the two of the coolest projects I ever did um, was I remember like I was when I was at Rice um, very quickly I realized that it made no sense to, um, to talk to a group of non-comics readers about comics without them seeing the comics because the comics were talking about Spider-Man and Superman and I realized that all the faculty were thinking of a different Superman and a different Spider-Man. And after that, I mean, and, I, and, and you know, once I identified that as a problem, Every Wednesday, I'd go pick up the comics, yes, and sir. I would stop in at the office, and I would pass out comics and put them in the boxes of all the professors on my committee, um, so that we would all be reading the same comic. Um, and um, and it just fun. It actually fundamentally changed the work because we were all we were literally on the same page, right? right? And and so. Um, so around the time that happened, I remember um, George. Georgia made this comment about, um, you know, he called me. He called me into his office, and we were just talking. And this happens a lot at Rice because it's just so small. You know, there's only five um, of you. Only five of you there, so you're eating yeah, yeah, it's right. like. It's like, it's funny, like, because when I think of George Marcus, I think of the faculty club, because you know, every once in a while, I take you out to the faculty club sure. um, to eat. When I think of um, Ben Lee, I think of beer at the gingerbread man, because he'd always that that's where we meet off campus. Right. When I think of Julie Taylor, I think of margaritas, because she had this, she found out that I liked margaritas. And, and when I first started, she, she had this idea that we were going to over the course of my study visit every top shelf margarita place in Houston. And so that was, that's good mentoring. That was, yeah. (laughs) Um, And so, so, but it was, it was, so he he made this comment about comics being my, you know, he's like, he's like, you know, I almost get the sense that comics is your second language.
0: Ooh. Wow.
1: And, and I was like, I was like, yeah. And I actually, I'll, I'll send it to you. I would actually have a comic about that. Um and so um and then he said he was like he's like um so I'm working on this book and um <laughs> I got this idea and um, only if you have the time. I, I I don't wanna like he's like he's like, um I'm wondering if you can create a cartoon of this concept. Mm. And I was like, Yeah. Uh, yeah. He said, like, Well no, you haven't heard the concept yet. I'm like
0: uh, you had me at cartoon. You yeah. had me at comics in my second language. But please
1: you prepared your pitch, so please. Yeah. <laughs> right? He's like and so I ended up so so he has this book called Ethnography too thick and thin. Um right I over, oh, right had, over there. <laughs> well if you open it, I'm the one who illustrated what I'm the illustrator for that. So like so he had me do that. No, and, uh, I what we I did never... and what we did for that was we actually took my story, right? So what you see in there is you see, um, you see the, like the anthropology guy interviewing the artist guy about, about what he's drawing the Afrocentric super stories. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're both thinking and the um, artist is thinking of seeing those, um, those artifacts in a museum and the anthropologist thinking about seeing those artifacts in real life. Yep, like like in a re- not real life in a in a, um the social setting, right? Right. right. And um, yeah, so so I illustrated that while I was in grad school, and originally that was supposed to be the cover, right? And I remember getting called back into his <laughs> office. He looked really really upset, right? Like you can tell he's kind of annoyed. Like he he doesn't like like super remote, but you you know you, when you know something, you yeah, can tell he, There's a like you hit the door and you're like. Wait a minute. I'm like Yeah. It, it, and this this is actually one of my one of my most often things to say when entering someone's office uh-huh. um in grad school I'm sorry. Or, no, I'm in trouble. I'm sorry for whatever I did wrong. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh that yep. <yeah. laughs> he's like he's like, No, I just got it for the press and they don't want to use your cartoon for the cover. Um, but I might be able to get them to Get get them to um to put to do to at least use the imagery on the front on the front, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna fight fight like hell to have them make it the frontest piece. And I was like I was like I was like that's cool. It's like no, it's supposed to be the cover. I'm like I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, but don't worry, I'm gonna get this done really fast. <laughs> and it, and then it was funny because like like so like they did it, they put all the thing together, and, and I remember he I got a little bit of a payment. And I was like, I was like, "What's this for?" And he's like, "Well, oh, for, for doing the artwork." I remember, was like, "Remember how? Remember how I was mad that that?" <laughs> <laughs> and, I like, and I was like, "I was like, I um, was I'm in a funded PhD program, and my funding set up so that I can still work as an artist. I didn't mm-hmm. know I needed to get paid for this, <laughs> but um, but yeah, that was I remember doing that piece, and it was actually several years later that some of my um. Some of the some of my colleagues who are like at the same level as far as anthropology realized like in in, um, in the ABA um, the American Association of Black Anthropologists that like I had done it it was like this this really interesting moment because it was just it was just something that I did right right um, and so that was that there was that project the other project was um, um, John Jackson who's an anthropologist over at UPenn him and I were in grad school together. He was like, he was like a year ahead of me. And, um, and, and, you know, he, he continued through Columbia. I left for rice. Him and I, you know, had stayed in touch. We're still in touch to this day. And, um, and so he, he called me and I'm like, Hey, what's up? And he's like, he's like, Hey, do you think you could do like an illustration for me? kind of like, kind of like what you did for, did for, did for George Marcus. I was like, Yeah. I was like, that'd be really cool. <laughs> I think he thought he would have to convince me, but I was like, I was like, oh yeah, that'd be really cool. <laughs> and so at the time, I was at Hopkins on a postdoc, and um, and it was really funny because um, I remember being called in and called into the chairs office, Vina Das, amazing anthropologist, amazing yeah. human being. Like she was, I mean, she was she was great. Right. And um, but I remember she made this hilarious comment. She's like. You know, it was like when I first got there, she was like, um, she's like, I, I, you know, I, I kind of asked her something online to why me, right? Sure. <laughs> she sure. was like, she's like, you had recommendations from Patricia Williams and George Marcus. On that alone, I had to look back. I, on that alone, like, like those are not two people who you, like, right. they, like they're right. not, a, actually, sure. you know, it's just, there's, there's, it's just like, like, In the world of academics, that's a combination that you don't usually think of, right? Right. And so it's like, she's like, like, you're an oddity. We had to give you a second look. (laughs) And so, and I was like... I love that. I love that. At that point, it made sense to me, like some of the other reactions, like I got this really nice office. And the first thing I did was I went out, I went to Ikea and I bought a second desk made of glass. And put it on um, sawhorses to function as an art table. So I had my academic table here, and I could literally just turn the chair around and be working on art stuff. And I remember she just looked at me really weird for that. She was just like, "What?" Like she didn't like because nobody, nobody kind of knew. I, I felt like everything I was doing. I was just like, "What the hell's going on?" Like they were just staring at me, and I was like, "I was like," and so. Yeah. And so you know, John calls up. Oh yeah, I can, I can, I can get get working on that. And we're going back and forth about it. He was like, "Oh, this is really cool." And I said, "You know," and, and I already had a, um, I already had an alter ego brother story, right? That I had had he had actually seen the character when I was first in grad school. Um, and he was like, he was like, "Hey, um, you know, this would be really cool. It'd be really, you know." And and he and he joked about like us teaming up. I said, "No," I said how did I put it? I said, something along the lines of making a cartoon alter ego is interesting. But it's not, you know, it, it's, it's being done. I said, what would be really cool is if we can make a set of cartoon alter egos and form a superhero team. <laughs> yeah. and he's, like, he's like, well, he's like, that would be cool. Who'd you have in mind? I was like, you know, Patricia had once jokingly said that she that that, that she was int- that if I ever wanted to do a project with her, let her know. And I said, I said we should call Patricia because him and I are both taking classes under Patricia right. Williams. And so, and he was like, he's like, he's like, do you think she'll do it? I, I, don't know. I'll call her. <laughs> so, so, um, and then, <laughs> and, and then I was, I was like, I was like, and what would also be really interesting is if we could find another woman. To do it because all the superhero groups, especially back then, if they were, they always had one more, at least one more man than women. So if there were four members, it would be three men, one woman. Mm-hmm. If there were 20 members, it would be 11 men, nine women, right? It was like, and so, um, and so I was like, I said, like, ah. And that was, that was, and so I was thinking Sherry Parks for that. And um because I had I had had a postdoc at University of Maryland just before and I had always wanted to work with her. Right. Um and so um I remember calling Patricia and I was like, I was like, Patricia, um, so I was gonna ask you something and um and I was thinking you could just say yes. (laughs) 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 That was my pitch, right? (laughs) And she was like, What is it? I said, It's really cool, it's comic related. You just have to say yes. What is it? <laughs> yeah, hear me out. <laughs> I was like, well, John asked me to make a superhero of him for um for his book, bu- book, and so it's actually the frontispiece in one of his books. Is, is I, so I designed Anthro man right? right? And so, um, and so he was like, so I was like, I was like, think of it, Mad Law Professor, the superhero. Like, there's this small pause. Uh-huh. That would be wonderful. Yes! So, yeah! And then I got Sherry involved, and then we, we actually created a foursome of superheroes called Critical Front. And we actually, for a hot moment, we, we did for, like, uh, for a couple. We did, like, readings sure. of our adventures with PowerPoint presentations of the characters doing things. And um, and while I was working on it, um, I was in touch with um, with Derek Robertson, mm-hmm. um, and I had met him during my during my field work. Um, and so what was what was interesting is that is that Derek and I met, we became friends, and then after we'd known each other for like a year, he called me out of the blue, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Guess what? We have a connection." I'm like, "What?" It turns out. <laughs> That we that we have a family connection <laughs> that we didn't know about because his so his um, so so his his wife's father was my aunt's poetry mentor and they would go back to Kansas periodically and hang out with my Aunt Phyllis, long before I knew him. And they also hung out with my mom, who was visiting I <laughs> long before I knew him. Like, they all knew each other and didn't let me in. <laughs> and so, like, Rude? So, like him, yeah. so him and I were talking, <laughs> and I told him about it. And he's like, he's like, um, he's like, and at the time, one of the things he was doing in his spare time uh, because he, would get, he was getting a lot of his writing assignments late, so he'd be sitting around doing, you know, right. there'd be nothing to do or too much to too
0: do. Much to do. Right.
1: And his, one of his hobbies was creating um, star, custom-made Star Wars action figures. So... <laughs> That's an awesome hobby, but... You know. So he offered to create <laughs> custom <laughs> action figures for the members of our super team. And so, so there's actually... Oh, um, there's a set of critical front action figures, is yeah. what you're telling me yeah <laughs> that's amazing Here's angel mad law professor anthel Man, and brother story each of them has their you know their 12 inch tall action figure so cool. fully articulated um <laughs> it's just like like and that was the most cool about that was working with with derek is like i was designing the costumes but then Derek was, would, be, would be like, but you can't do that with an action figure. So I actually learned. <laughs> the materiality of the thing. Wow, that's cool. Right. And that was what I was always seeking to do. It was, like, it was important to be, even though I wasn't doing comic books, mm-hmm. to be doing stuff around it because it's one thing to study a process. It's another thing to be process. Mm and mm. that became a major theme even when i like and, and for hotman i left comics i was and i was I, I was embedded at the baltimore sun editorial board for for just under a year and i was going to all the meetings i had my own little like security badge to go into wherever i needed to go um and while i was there i ended up um there was one of the um, one of the people on the board ended up going on maternity leave earlier than planned <laughs> and so they lined up the replacement. but the replace wasn't going to come in for like a month, right? Right. And so I remember getting called in, and um, I get called in by Jean Thompson. And um, and um, what do you think was the first thing I said when I walked in and saw the look on her face? <laughs>
0: Am I in trouble?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Am I in trouble? I'm so sorry. You just got here. (laughs) No. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. ahead. (laughs) And so, and she's like, she's like, well, we have this vacancy and we need to fill it with somebody who doesn't want the job. Is there any way that you could take over this beat, like, just monitor the beat? You might have to write one or two pieces um, and, um, you know, and not mess up your research. I'm like, I'm an anthropologist. This is participant observation. Excuse me, me, (laughs) ma'am, sir? And so, and that was really interesting because What it did is um, The one thing I asked for is I said I want the ability to interview Whoever is editing my work after my work Is edited
0: Oh nice that's a pro move Oh that's awesome
1: And they're like They're like okay (laughs) Okay but (laughs) They're like she said What she said she said you're not Allowed to cry
0: Interesting
1: Oh, and I will never forget the first piece that ended up turning in. She laid into me, and there's a moment where she was like, I'm not allowed to cry you promised <laughs> 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 promised it, it was like she was brutal, she like said everything that she was thinking with every <laughs> like, <laughs> Hey, off
0: to a bad start
1: <laughs> and so Already not and, and, and and then and then afterwards, when I walked out she 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 I could hear her laughing when I walked out. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: still want to interview me?
1: <laughs> but Jean, she was wonderful, um, right? And you know, and and you know, and and what was really interesting about that was like this idea of like studying processes, going through the processes. It made me a better writer, mm. um, but it also gave me a a really different perspective, even on my own production. Mm. You know, like, like, I just had That's... a conversation yesterday with, um, with Michael Dean over at Fantagraphics. I'm working on a, on a, on a book with him on, um, black, you know, black comics. Right. And he was all worried about like, he's like, well, this is a general audience book. And, and, um, and, and, you know, and you know, you, we need to. You know, we might need to tone down some of the stuff you're bringing into it, blah blah. blah. And I was, like, I was like, I don't have a problem with that. I'm like, it's like he's like, why? What? And he asked why. I'm like, well, <laughs> I've spent all this time actually dealing with editors from all these different perspectives. It's like, I'm like, I've just come to this. I've learned, first of all, that if you cut it out. I still own it, and I can take it wherever else I want. <laughs> it doesn't disappear; it just lives someplace else, right? Right. But it's also made it's also made me much more sensitive to editorial processes and right. how I work within them, right? Um, and that's been really good. Um, you know, so it's weird. It's like it's like I think of it, it's almost like like the research has become its own professional development. So good. Oh um, gosh, that's awesome! But yeah, so this is. Gosh, we, we haven't talked about Falcon and Winter Soldier. No, it's, but, <laughs> but but okay, but 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 it's cool
0: if we don't. So That's so, so okay, so two things um, is we need to. I, I actually um, am, am starting to think now that we'll we'll need to do uh, another round, uh, another uh, uh, an, another set of this because right here what we have this this. Uh, this this Stanford Carpenter universe, right? It right. it really speaks to a couple of things. Um and I've written it looks like again, it looks like I'm planning some sort of <laughs> some sort of caper or um but this notion of you said a, a few things that it just, it just kind of blew me away. First, you're an oddity. Um and I think that's 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 interesting because um just within within fields, there tends to be such tunnel vision, I think, in, in terms of, okay, well, here's how protocols work, and here's how this works, and here's how we're supposed to do this, and nobody's doing this, which is significant, and, and I, you know, I study hip-hop as well, and that's the same thing, it's like, what the hell is, you say, what the hell is going on here? It's like, well, yeah, because nobody did it, but this is what needs to happen to push the field right. forward, and I would also posit, and this is completely, I have no data, but I would I would argue that the capacity to imagine that was developed through comics, right? The the just even if you just read what if, that's the only t- only title you read, that provides a the capacity for for almost liminal thinking, right? Like you can see you you you, you can exist in these in these epistemic doorsteps almost, right? right. It's, it's like, well no, I can do it both ways. I can, I'm not, I'm not bound by, I'm, I'm like the watcher. I'm not bound by time and space. I'm, (laughs) I exist always. (laughs) And my job is like, I can, I can move in different, I can move in different areas because I'm not bound to one. Right. That is, and, and, and that you don't understand that is not a me problem. It is a problem of the field. It is, and, and you said something that's. I wrote this down too. I didn't come at it like a like an academic. I came at it like someone who is interested, and that's a profound statement because that's what is supposed to be in theory, right? It's supposed to be. I'm interested in this. I want to pursue this. This is my passion. Not how do I
1: publish this? Is, oh, this, pub- it, it, is it this publishable? Is. Right? But here's, here's what's interesting though is that. In Defense of the Person Who's Not Interested. <laughs> <laughs> that's a book title um, right there. <laughs> um and also um and also it also makes you think of something that David McGee, he's a um an artist over and he's a painter out of Houston. Right. And him and I have done have done some really interesting work together. Um you know, that's a whole uh, that's a whole other story. Um was was were our adventures, but um you know, Oftentimes, if someone is not interested in one thing, mm-hmm. it's because they're furthering something that they are, interested, are interested in. And, and 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 so, like 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 the example you made with getting published, right? Right. If if your if your obsession is with career advancement and getting tenure, right, right. you're not interested in what you publish. You're interested right. in the fact that what you publish serves that goal that you right? yeah
0: yeah exactly
1: For me i just wasn't interested in advancement or tenure <laughs> i was interested in the work right Th- um, and that's what i mean and, right and, and and so and so yeah i mean i've always believed that, that the most radical thing that you can do is your own work on your own terms but the problem with that even as i got older was realizing that everybody has a very different idea of what their own work and their own terms are. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. dealing with a different Spider Man. Exactly. Uh, right. Exactly. That's, and, and I think that that, but I think that's also one of the wonderful things about life is, For sure. is being able to discern that. Um, mm. And yes, while some of my work may have been seen as an oddity, I mean, ultimately what made it, what made it work um, was. Was actually not, it had nothing to do with cutting edge theory. It was some of the most basic, old school troglodyte arguments. You know, it was, <laughs> right, it was, you know, it, it wasn't, it, you know, and, and here I am coming up. Under the tutelage of somebody who's responsible for the Writing Cultures Project, mm-hmm. um, I am being trained by one of the leading people in critical race theory. I actually had, through a whole other set of circumstances, met and known her mentor, even though I didn't realize it. Like because I knew him in another context. Um, I, I I had all of this around me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, and working working under Mectusic, the same thing, right? Working under Julie Taylor. I mean, I don't know if you are familiar with her work, but she does she studies the tango and she's also a professional level tango dancer. Right. And right. you know, Oxford educated. She she's amazing. Um, and I think that I think that 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 ultimately when it came time though to say this is what I want to do, it was Well, if I was studying kinship systems Mm -hmm. in Bora Bora, Mm -hmm. I would go to Bora Bora, I'd find some place to live in the village, Mm -hmm. and I'd ask people about who they're related to, document the relationships, and I would participate in the rituals. I'm studying comics. So I'm going to go live amongst comic book people. I'm going <laughs> to, you know what I mean? It was like. Yes, it, I know exactly what you mean. It, it wasn't, it wasn't harnessing these arguments about, about voice, subjectivity, right, right. reflexivity. No, even though I had those in my toolbox, it was ultimately, this is, it wasn't, this is some theoretical thing. It was what anthropologists do best is ethnographic field work. And part of that is participant observation. Yes. It, it, it was not, it actually was not a theoretical argument. It was a straight up methodological appeal to the core of the discipline. Mm. And I think that sometimes people, people think that, that when you're going to do something out of the box, that you have to bring forth all these out of box theories, out of the box theories. But I, 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 but I, and I've said this to I've said this to students back when I was teaching was, you know, you can't think out of the box if you don't know that the box exists, right? And right. and so so that's always been very much something that I that I've always kept in mind is that is that it's, being radical is not about being radical. and being you know
0: it's right no my,
1: i i i'm just absorbing
0: that like yes i get it.
1: it 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 is about a certain clarity of purpose mm. it's about um it, it it's about it's about being willing to exist in the fog yes it's it's about all of this it's about all these contradictory feelings and sometimes it's just about suffering through that's a word. And I think that I think that we often we often forget that. We 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 have this idea when we see something new that like we, we forget that that new thing is very old to the people who made it by the time it gets to you. And so yeah, it, so so I don't think it's about it, it's it's really just about what you do to pass the time. <laughs>
0: it's, and 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 I love it because uh, like all, all the stuff that you said is just resonates with me because I think of, you know, when I think of this idea of, of pushing boundaries or, or being, you know, innovative or radical or, or and or and or all of those. It involves uh, it involves not not a small amount of in my mind, not a, a small amount of courage in that I'm going to do it differently and whether it's articulated like a deep breath or whether it's just i'm just going to what happens if i say yes like that's not everybody's sort of programming right, right? or that's not how everybody's sort of wired is just like well what if i do this what like that what if question and that capacity to do something to make the to to make the ordinary extraordinary Right to like take what exists and then like oh you can do maps oh you can I didn't even think about that where it's like well yeah that's what I do that's how I'm that's yeah that's, that's how that's how the head and the heart work that's right. the synergy I've been doing this for a minute it's like well we never thought about doing that and it's like well that's the courage that 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 not the I'm gonna like not that sort of performative radicality, but the 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 the, the capacity I think of for instance like Du Bois' work. We did this you know sociology work where where he was just like I'm gonna do pictograms. I'm gonna I'm like no one's done this before. I'm gonna see what happens if I if I do it. And it's first of all it's stunning, but then it's it's another way of thinking that nobody had had taken up before. Um, And and it just takes the it takes the clarity of sight it takes the clarity of purpose and it takes uh, apparently it just takes a whole bunch of kismet it, you just end up in chris claremont's office um but <laughs> but i don't know that's like i, I i'm hearing all, i i love this i love this journey because it it it, it, it to me demonstrates the capacity that comics as a medium have like, yes, it's superheroes, but, or, you know, in our cases, we've been talking about, but the, but, but it is, it's instructive and it's indicative of so much more, but you have to know the box. You have to know, you have to be able to see the matrix. You have to know what the box is. And, and it's not so much the, this, I'm going to, up. I'm not, I'm going to have this Copernican turn where I fundamentally reshape the universe. It's, I'm going to do this thing extremely well, very differently. And it's going to change our capacity to see the word, to see the word, to read the word and, and, and understand the world. And that's and for significant, me,
1: you know? For me, but it's also, I mean, if you bring back the map making, right? Right. Is that for me, it's like you're in the box. Yep. You, you got to know where you are. Yes so you so, you map the area where you are, yep, and then once you map the area where you are, you step outside and you map the area around it, and if where you want to be happens to be outside the box, then that 's where you are, but you have to understand the relationships to get you have to understand the relationships uh, to understand the significance yes, and yes, and I think that that's that 's one of the things that um you know, I mean, when I was doing when I was doing the, the map making, side illustrating, I mean, I, you know, I mean, we didn't have fancy computer equipment. At a certain point, it was about like putting a stake in the ground and walking a transit line, just just walking a line to create a grid. You know, um, and it was, you know, and 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 a lot of times it was it was just being told where to go, and then you start illustrating. I mean, I had one day. It wasn't a particularly good day mm-hmm. we were in jamaica um, and I had to um, I had to map what was a um, what had been the housing the wheel housing for an aqueduct mm-hmm. um, the wheel was gone um, that that concrete space underneath the wheel had been retasked and um I couldn't map it without actually standing in the center of it. Mm-hmm. The thing is that the um it had been re into a pigsty. So I spent a day literally knee deep in pig shit drawing mm-hmm. a map. <laughs> it's just like you know you said it um, wasn't a particularly good day. Why? <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing glamorous about it, right? But if I didn't, if I didn't stand, in, if, I, if I wasn't willing to stand in the shit, we wouldn't have, we, I wouldn't have been able to construct that section of the map.
0: There's no better way. That's a bow on it. Like, cause that's everything, right? Like you have to, it, it's the past situating the present mapping out the future. And sometimes what that means is you have to wade through the shit to get there. Like, yeah, I don't know how else to put it. Like, that's,
1: (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) take that with me forever. (laughs) And what I did next was really simple. I took off my clothes. I went to the side of the river and set them on fire and put the ashes in the water and walked back. I burned everything but my boots. (laughs) (laughs) Just like. I love that
0: story. I, I hate hand. that for you, but I love that for <laughs> for me hearing it
1: <laughs> because I realized I wasn't going to wash this by hand because that's when does... we're washing stuff. Ugh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like it's tra- okay now to just torture this metaphor, and it's and tra- when you do it well, it's transformative. You sh- right. like you become you shed the old and become the new. Like I'm, I got the like little spy- the the little spider sense tingles because that's it that's it thank you i um i i I have to i have to end this uh, unfortunately i do want to um thank you for your time and your energy and all the work that you have done across the board for comics and anthropology and ethnography and, and all all of that um Thank you, thank you for joining us and sharing just sharing your time and your energy and those stories with you, uh, with us. Um, it has been a sincere, it's been sincere pleasure.
1: Oh, it's really my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely.
0: All right. Thanks, everybody. We will see you on the next edition of Comic School.